get down to this is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Oh, we got a fun one to talk about today. Happy Friday to you. Happy NCAA tournament. Of course, you, kn- so, you know that as a Packers fan, I'm going to jump right on here and talk about the Devontae Adams trade, right? And if you're watching on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page, you see I'm donning the green and gold. The day after Adams gets traded to the Raiders, I will have plenty for you on that coming up in about 15 minutes. But I have to start with what happened yesterday, uh, about 20 hours ago. And that is, I'm Mike Wicket, by the way. Welcome in here on ESPN Des Moines. Kira is here as well. Uh, I have to start with what happened about 20 hours or so ago. I don't do math very well. And that is... You probably, maybe yesterday afternoon, maybe with all the Irish celebration, the St. Patrick's celebration, you didn't hear it, but there is a very loud sound coming from Iowa City, and it sounded like this. The hottest team in the country. The team that shocked the Big Ten. The team that won nine out of ten. I'll tell you how... If you are in a bracket contest, and if you're listening to us in, uh, in Des Moines, how many people in your pools, in your office, your buddies, your friends, whatever, had Iowa in the Sweet 16, the Elite 8, and the Final Four? We have a, 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 a contest going on here in the building with all the radio stations. I think half of this building had Iowa in the Final Four. Half of this. And I'm like... What are you, have you people not watched a Fran McCaffrey team play in March before? Fran can't get out of his own way. Fran's teams never rise to the occasion. They never can match the intensity of the other team. But remember last year with maybe the greatest player in the history of Iowa basketball, they got bounced in the second round, and that game was a blowout. I mean, they, their first-round matchup last year wasn't exactly you know the most comfortable game to watch if you're an Iowa fan. They got knocked around by Oregon, and this year... I told people, I said, this is first weekend Fran. Fran doesn't get out of the first weekend. Fran's teams don't rise up in the NCAA tournament. It is not a thing that Fran and company do. My headphones went out again. This seems to happen. Every, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> Such a weird way to fix it. We turned my mic on and off <laughs> and back on again. But Fran's teams, as a, they were a 10.5-point favorite. I don't know what all the spreads are today. I know the ones are usually like 25-point spreads, favorites, over the 16s. But a 10.5-point spread is a big number in the NCAA tournament. But, oh, those 5-12s. Oh, that 5-12 matchup. And we saw two of them happen yesterday where the 12 seed upset the number 5. That did more damage to my bracket. New Mexico State beating UConn than Iowa getting beat by Richmond. Richmond. The other hottest team in the country, by the way. Another team that had to win just to get in. Had to win its conference tournament to make the NCAA tournament. 67-63. and 10 the final uh, record for the Hawks. And this was a game, and I'm going to play some sound. And I'm going to sound like a heartless bastard when I play some of the sound here. Because there's some really emotional stuff that comes from Jordan Bohannon. And I, and we, I do want to play some of his emotional post-game thoughts uh, after this one. He's played in 179 games for Iowa. If you're an Iowa fan, you've been around supporting Jordan Bohannon for what seems like the better part of a decade. This was his sixth season. He was a super, super senior uh, after the COVID year and, and everything. But Fran McCaffrey has now been the head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes for a dozen years. A dozen years. He is paid about $2.5 million a year. He's one of the top highest paid coaches in the Big Ten. He's one of the 20 20 highest-paid coaches in the country. And he has never been to a Sweet 16. Iowa fan, I don't know what else to tell you. All right? Maybe maybe the goal for Iowa basketball is not the goal for, say, Kentucky basketball, who also just got bounced. John Calipari got smoked and out of the NCAA tournament. You know, Carolina, Duke. UConn, Arizona, their goal is national championship. And if they don't get to a Final Four, it's, it's, it's a bummer of a year, right? Now Nova's in that conversation because they've won a couple. 
Indiana may never, ever figure their program out. Ever since Bobby Knight left that program, they haven't found a consistent way to win. I don't know what the goal is for Iowa basketball. When football season ends and basketball season gets into full swing and Fran McCaffrey is leading your Iowa Hawkeyes, I don't know what the goal is. Is the goal a Final Four? Is the goal a participation trophy? Is the goal to be top five in the Big Ten? Is the goal to make the NCAA tournament? And you're cool with that? Because this is a team, this is a program that with that guy as the head coach will never, ever get to a Final Four. Never. I don't know what it is. I don't know what happens. The team was one of 13 in the first half from three. They shot 20% from three-point land for the game. They looked lost defensively like they had no idea what to do with Richmond when the Spiders had the ball. And I know some other talk shows in this state, in this city, are going to be like, well, it was a really good year, and it will reflect on the big tension. No! Fran McCaffrey continues to disappoint Iowa fans every single year. You had the National Player of the Year last year and an All-Big Ten second-teamer in Wieskamp last year. This year, you got an NBA lottery pick. You know, Garza goes in the second round in the draft. Keegan Murray might be a lottery pick, or is at worst a first-round draft pick if he leaves. And you still can't get out of the first round. It's unbelievable. It is absolutely unbelievable. And if I'm an Iowa fan, it's like, ah, maybe I just don't have the same expectations as Michigan State fan has. I don't have the same expectation as some of the big dogs in the Big Ten. Like this Purdue team, for example, that's a Sweet 16. Or If that team doesn't get to the Sweet 16, failure of a year by Matt Painter. That's a Sweet 16 caliber team. That's a, a Final Four. is an po- easy possibility for, for Purdue. UCLA, another blue blood, who was in the Final Four a year ago. That's a team that's got all, you know, all kinds of tradition. All, and they, if they don't get to a Final Four every couple of years, they're looking for a new head coach. And they squeaked by yesterday, but they're still alive. Meanwhile, here's Fran McCaffrey, 12 years in, zero, sweet 16s. I'm not asking for back-to-back Final Fours. If you're an Iowa fan, wouldn't you like to be active the second week of the, uh, the NCAA tournament? Wouldn't you like to have a couple of wins in this thing as opposed to one and done or this year over before the sun sets on day one? Uh, I could not believe what I was watching yesterday. And I thought that first 11-0 run in that second half that Iowa went on, I was like, well, here, here they come. This is the run. They're, they, they're, mess, they're done messing around with Richmond. Keegan Murray's going to take over. No, Keegan Murray was taken completely out of this game. More from him in just a second. I mean, that was the quietest 21 I've ever seen a future NBA lottery pick ever have in an NCAA tournament game. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. Give credit to Richmond. Richmond played well. They kept him off guard. You know, they didn't shoot the lights out either. It wasn't like Richmond blew the doors off of Iowa in this one. But after the game, Jordan Bohannon said that, look, the Spiders played great. Richmond's a really great team. You know, I thought we played um, one of our worst basketball halves in all season, the first half, and we were only down one. Um, so we knew we had a little bit of light still in us, and um, we made a little bit of a run, but, you know, you got to credit them. They did everything great tonight. You know, they were locked in, and um, they're playing some of their best basketball this season right now. Yeah, I mean, if you talk about two teams who were playing, who were peaking coming into the NCAA tournament, it was Richmond and it was Iowa. Those two teams playing great basketball. You know, the, the fact that Iowa was able to win four games in four days was unbelievable. But then four days later to come back and, and absolutely get embarrassed. I mean, they didn't get blown out by 40. But they should have beat Richmond easily. They should have beat Richmond. Uh, Keegan Murray, who will likely decide his fate. And again, he's probably a first-round pick. He is likely gone. He had 21, quiet 21, and he was asked about how physical Richmond got with him. They're just physical, um, and they brought a lot of guys anytime I was driving um, to the basket or in the paint area. Um, so it was really nothing new to me, but I was able to find a lot of guys in kickouts, uh, things like that. So I really felt like I didn't have to score the ball as much this game. Um, a lot of guys got involved, like Patrick. Um, he had a lot of good open looks. A lot of our guys had open looks uh, from our kickouts. and. Um, yeah, I just they had a good game plan, um, but uh, we just missed open shots. So 
that if I am an NBA team and I am willing to spend a first-round pick on Keegan Murray, his effort and that cut that you just heard scare me. I didn't have to score the ball this game, is what he said. You're the star player on this team. You are in contention for Big Ten Player of the Year. You're on the All-Big Ten first team and an All-American. Yes, you did need to score the ball in this game. Yeah, you really needed to figure out ways. Fran McCaffrey needed to figure out ways, and he needed to put the ball in the basket. He's the MVP of this team. I mean, we're going to talk about the Packers coming up. Green Bay can't win a playoff game, even at home, when Aaron Rodgers plays the way that he did in that San Francisco game, and they, lo- they lost at the Tundra. Keegan Murray can't score a, a quiet 21 if Iowa was going to win this basketball game. You know, I understand he got doubled, and Richmond's game plan was make everybody else beat us. And you know what? That game plan worked. That game plan absolutely worked. I didn't have to score the ball this game. Yes, you damn well needed to score the ball. You needed to get 30. You're the man. Keegan is the man. Keegan is a great player who disappeared down the stretch in this game. Connor McCaffrey, Fran's son, not in a good mood after this one. Couldn't be feeling worse. Um, You know, everybody, there's only one team's going to end on a win, but... uh, you know, leaving this game, it's probably the worst game we played all year. Uh, and I, I don't think it's close. So um, it's definitely not a good feeling on our stomachs right now. But, I mean, you know, we go from a championship on a, on Sunday, really, really quick turnaround, come right out again. Um, so we didn't get to, get, get to really celebrate that much. So I'm sure, like, when we look back, um, you know, I mean, nobody thought we were – even going to make the tournament, so I guess on a, on a season, right, right now it feels pretty terrible, but you know, probably in a couple months it'll probably feel a little bit better. Well, I mean, what can you say? And I'm not going to sit here and trash kids. All right? I mean, kids, they're 20. I'm not going to sit here and trash them, and that's fine. Down the road, you're going to look back and you're going to be really mad about this game, or maybe you're still mad about this game. You're waking up today. Uh, but you did win the Big Ten tournament. That is something that is awesome, and you will be able to hang your hat and remember that always. If you're an Iowa fan, you definitely will. And if you're an Iowa fan, you know, this. we're going to hear from Fran coming up here in just a second. But Jordan Bohannon had an an emotional response. It was the last question asked. They had Fran sitting up there, and to his left was Jay Bo, and to his left was Connor McCaffrey, and to his left was Keegan Murray, and they're taking questions from the media. And... To watch Jordan Bohannon get asked about this being it, he's because Jordan Bohannon is not going to go play pro ball anywhere. This is kind of the end of his career, definitely the end of his Iowa career, obviously, after 179 games. Very, very, I, I watched this twice because it was such an emotional and an emotionally gripping response. Thanks for giving me a chance. You know, this has been some of the best years of my life. I can't even put into words what I got on my left, Keegan, coach has meant to me. There's not a lot of people in the country that believed out, believed in me out of high school. You know, I, I got faced a lot of you know adversity coming back. You know, a couple of hip surgeries, dealt with a lot of injuries, and you know, I can honestly say this last game, I put my my heart and soul into this team and. You know, I just, hopefully, I left this jersey in a better place than, no, I, I found it. And that's all I wanted to do when I came here. That was the only goal I had. I, I didn't care about my individual statistics, nothing like that. You know, I just wanted to make Coach proud. I wanted to make my family proud. And this whole entire state, I just want to thank every every single Hawkeye fan that, you know, hopefully I inspired them to, you know, do something great with their lives. And I came and put into words what it's meant to, to be here wearing this jersey. Jordan Bohannon after the loss yesterday. Again, I, you, you appreciate a guy who has stuck around and what he has meant to the Iowa program and all the injuries he played through and the hip surgeries like he was talking about. And it's just, it's an emotional goodbye. It's that real, and I, I've been covering sports for a very long time. And when you talk to seniors and you listen to seniors, 
And in his case, he's a you know obviously a super senior. But you you talk to guys who are done wearing the jersey, and whether they're done wearing the jersey because they're going to go on to the NFL, the NBA, whatever, or they're done, and it kind of sets in that there isn't a huge career, you know, playing professionally. They there there's that moment of real, and this moment happened far too early for uh, for Iowa. But again. Fran McCaffrey's teams don't seem to be able to rise up. What went wrong offensively? Here's Fran. You know, we had a couple fall out early, and then we settled a little bit. We shot probably too many two for 13 from three in the first half. I don't remember too many real bad ones. We had maybe one or two at the end of the shot clock. Uh, the game was really physical. Normally, we get to the free throw line more often. Uh, you know, I typically expect to shoot more than two free throws in the second half, especially the way we were driving the ball. You have the most efficient offense in the history of basketball or one of them. You score the Big Ten tournament record, 352 points. No team's ever done that. You got the uh, All-American in Keegan Murray. You got gunners all over the floor. And you can't score against Richmond? Other side of the ball, though, caused them all kinds of problems. Defensively, we were not where we needed to be. We were okay at times. We had a couple stretches where we were getting consecutive stops. We didn't get them when we really needed them. Uh, executed fairly well with our sets coming down the stretch, but then uh, defensively, we had some other things we wanted to do when we didn't get that done. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is we weren't where we needed to be? You're the head coach. Defense is all about effort. Unless you are seven feet tall with a gigantic wingspan, you have quick hands that are able to deflect balls. Defense is all about effort. Who wants it more? Who can get more fired up? Who's going to be able to get where we need to be? That's supposed to be Fran's job. That's supposed to be this coaching staff's job. And once again, they failed to answer any kind of bell in a critical, critical game. Richmond moves on. They'll get Providence. Iowa's done. Today is a very big day in the NCAA tournament. Iowa State plays later on tonight against LSU. That game is up in Milwaukee. Iowa women play at 3 o'clock today in Iowa City against Illinois State. If you have a chance, and for whatever reason you haven't seen Caitlin Clark play, she is fantastic. She might, she's like watching Steph Curry play uh, in women's basketball. And then the Iowa State women play UT Arlington coming up tonight in Ames. Have I sufficiently postponed the Aaron Rodgers conversation, Kara? Okay. We'll get to Rodgers. We'll get to Devontae Adams and the trade. I'll tell you right now, one team in my mind easily won this deal. That's next. Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One zero two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. It's Wicket's World. I'm Mike Wicket. So uh, I don't know if you heard last night. I was sitting around here. My mother-in-law. She dropped off some corned beef and cabbage, some potatoes. Mm-hmm. You know, St. Patrick's Day. It's not quite what it used to be for me. <laughs> I used to be out, mm-hmm. especially with it. Dude, there is nothing better than when the NCAA tournament and St. Patrick's Day fall on the same day. Especially that opening day. It's, it's, it's literally the best. And your only thing that tops it is when the weather is nice. And yesterday, not a great weather day here in Des Moines. No. But still, it used to be I'd get off the air, because I've been doing mornings for a long time. Get off the air, 10, you're at a bar, you're bellied up wherever you have to be for a good 12 hours of drinking. <laughs> All right. Can't do that anymore. I have three kids. I'm old. I'm over. I'm 40 now. Sounds exhausting even to think about that. Like, even driving by the parade, as, as they're lining up yesterday, I left here about 1130, and I was driving by the parade route, and I'm like, man, those people that are drinking and doing shots and partying, yeah, they're, they're, I'm so tired. <laughs> I, I was, man. I, I don't know what's happened to me. So we didn't really do anything for St. Patrick's Day. Mother-in-law brings corned beef, cabbage, and potatoes. 
We're, get, we're getting ready to sit down. I'm going to watch some of these late NCAA tournament games. And then what happens? The big trade goes down in the National Football League and throws everything into flux in my world as Devontae Adams gets traded from the Green Bay Packers to the Las Vegas Raiders. First thing I saw was uh, running back Aaron Jones had the exploding head emoji. That was the first thing I saw, and I'm like, huh, what does that mean? And then I saw a couple other Packer players on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, everybody's upset about something. So you go to Schefter, you go to Adam Schefter. We're going to play number two first, by the way. Uh, You go to Adam Schefter, and you're like, oh, the bombshell drops. Roger, uh, Devontae gets traded to the Oakland, damn it, Devontae gets traded to the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to say that forever. For what? For what? Nobody knows for what. For what? For what? Turns out to be two picks. Pick 22 in this year's draft and pick 53 in this year's draft. Um, and I'm like, okay, all right. Because I, I get it. They franchised him. They, he wants to be paid more than any wide receiver in the history of the National Football League. And I have said for years... Do not pay wide receivers 25 or $30 million a year. They're never worth it. Wide receivers don't make you a championship team. They can't do it on their own. I'd rather have two good wide receivers than one great receiver in scrubs. And that's kind of what Green Bay has had for the last few years as Aaron Rodgers had Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown, whatever. So he wants to get paid. They're already paying Rodgers a boatload with his new deal, $50 million a year, even though the number is different, it's cap, it's whatever. But they can't have $80 million a year wrapped up in QB1 and wide receiver one. So you have a disgruntled Devontae Adams, and I think this deal has been in the works since before they franchised him last year. But you have a disgruntled Devontae Adams who doesn't want to play in Green Bay who apparently got offered more money to stay in Green Bay than he did to go to the Raiders. You have the Raiders come in a call, and they want a wide receiver. They offer two premium picks, a first-rounder and a second-rounder, 22 and 53, and the Packers pull the trigger. And the first thing on everybody's mind is, what does Aaron Rodgers think of this move? They were linked together with the last dance, uh, you know, handshake. Jordan Pippen picture last year. Turns out that last dance photo was more about Devontae and not about Aaron Rodgers. Who knew? Uh, It's the guy that Aaron has had a tremendous amount of success. He's been a security blanket, the guy he's gone to the last couple of years. Some would say he's gone to them, he's gone to him too much. So Adam Schefter, who was on uh, this radio station earlier this morning, was asked about whether or not Aaron Rodgers knew that this deal was going to go down. I think he was aware that Devontae Adams was disgruntled and Devontae Adams was absolutely interested in leaving Green Bay. It was not a secret. And I know that if you go back to last summer, Nicole, the two posted a picture saying it would be their last dance. And when that picture was posted, I don't think a lot of people thought that it would be Aaron Rodgers who was staying in Green Bay and Devontae Adams would be leaving Green Bay. They had such a connection on the football field, but I don't know necessarily that it played that way in a business sense when it came to each of those men conducting their own business. Aaron Rodgers went and did what was best for him without Devontae Adams' thoughts, and I think Devontae Adams did what was best for him without Aaron Rodgers' thoughts, and the two men went their own different directions, winding up with Aaron Rodgers being back in Green Bay and Devontae Adams going out west to Las Vegas. All right, so from Devontae Adams' perspective, Every report I'm reading is Devontae just didn't want to come back to Green Bay if he had the opportunity to go play with the Raiders. He grew up just outside of Oakland. He grew up a Raiders fan. It's his lifelong dream to play for the Raiders. He's had a real good career already in Green Bay. He is 29 years old. He's going to turn 30 on Christmas Eve. If you have an opportunity and you can force your way to a team that you always have wanted to play for, all right, fine. People who are so mad, Packers fans who are livid with the organization for not doing enough to get Devontae to stay in Green Bay may not realize that he didn't want to stay in Green Bay. You can't make a woman date you if she don't want to date you, all right? Two have to tango. She's got to be interested in you, and you have to be interested in them. 
Devontae is not interested in dating the Packers anymore. He's done that. It's a broken relationship for whatever reason. He wanted to go play for the Raiders. Now, he was from Oakland, not Vegas, but regardless, he wants to wear the silver and black and play for that organization. Also, don't forget, Derek Carr was his college quarterback. He gets to go play with his friend. Yes, Aaron Rodgers was his friend, but you heard Schefter say, are they buddies just on the field? Are they buddies off the field? Are they buddies when it comes to business? Who knows? Um, and Devontae wanted to go be with his friend. Nope. Everybody knows that Devontae and Derek Carr still talk, that they're still good friends from when, they, when you know, Carr threw him the ball 8,000 times when he was at Fresno State. This also from Devontae's, maybe not perspective, but the reality he's about to run into. This is the same thing about Aaron Rodgers wanting to get traded and potentially get traded to the Denver Broncos. You could stay in the NFC North and beat up on the Lions, the Bears, and the Vikings for the next three years while Rodgers is cashing in on this mega deal. You can ride that to a division title as the AFC is obviously the stronger of the two conferences. Or, or, you can go play in the toughest division in the history of the National Football League. Look at what the Raiders have just acquired arguably the best wide receiver in football. And I'll say arguably because he's the best wide receiver in football because of his quarterback. He's already a great player. Rodgers made him the best. He is now going to play for the Raiders in a division where, rank them in your head real quick. Where, where do you put the Raiders, the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Broncos? And don't forget the Broncos just added Russell Wilson. You still probably have to give the division to Kansas City. Number two, I would go Chargers, especially when they add J.C. Jackson in the secondary and they bring in Khalil Mack for basically nothing. So now you got Mack on one side and Bosa on the other side. I'd go three as Denver with Russ. They added Devontae Adams and are arguably still the worst team in that division. But good for Devontae getting the payday that he wants. Six years, 140-some million dollars, it averages out to $28.5 million a year, which is, until the salary cap hits $400 million, that is far too much to pay for a wide receiver. Now, a lot of things led into the Raiders being desirous of, uh, of bringing in Devontae Adams. Number one, uh, Henry Ruggs had to kill someone. If Henry Ruggs doesn't run into somebody and kill them, they don't have a need for a big-time wide receiver. So, that, like to me, that set all of this off of the Raiders and the Packers talking. It's when they bring in the new head coach in McDaniels. They've already got Darren Waller, who's a great tight end. You know, Carr is, Carr is better than most quarterbacks in the NFL. He's not in that Mahomes, uh, Rodgers, Herbert level, but he's that second tier of quarterback. And if you can get him more weapons, maybe he's better. Hunter Renfro. Someone's like, well, Renfro had a real good year with Carr. Yeah, because Henry Ruggs killed a guy or a lady, and Darren Waller was hurt. Trust me, he was on my fantasy team and cost me a fantasy championship. If those two things don't happen, Ruggs, Renfro, and Waller are your pass-catching options for Derek Carr for the next few years. So he's going to go there. Devontae is going to go there. Sure, he's going to have a good year, but he's not going to have the effect that he would have had if he stays with Aaron Rodgers. And if there are incentives in this contract about catching 14 touchdowns or 1,500 yards or whatever, that ain't going to happen. You know, they're bringing in Josh McDaniels as their new head coach. Look at the Patriots offense that he ran when he was in New England before this. Everything, granted a rookie, was dink, dunk, underneath, dink, dunk, underneath. Devontae's not going to have the year in Vegas that he's had in the past in Green Bay. But he got paid. He got to play with his buddy. He didn't want to be in Green Bay. I ain't mad at Devontae. Huge Packer fan. Love the fact that I got to watch Devontae play. He started out so poorly for Green Bay, but they stuck with him. He was a ball-dropping machine, and people were calling for him to get cut. But Rodgers stuck with him, and I have great memories of watching Devontae play. But he wanted to move on, and that's fine. So what does it mean coming back? What does it mean for Green Bay? What kind of position are the Packers in? I will tell you. Don't listen to Bart and Han, who were just on here, telling you how terrible a, a deal this was 
for, uh, for, for Green Bay? The real answer is next. You're listening to Wicket's World on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One zero two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. It's Wicket's World. I'm Mike Wicket. Tomorrow we've got Drake Men's Basketball taking on IPFW uh, in the CBI ten thirty broadcast. Michael Admire has the play by play at eleven here on ESPN Des Moines. And then Monday, after getting a big win yesterday, the Drake Women will take on UNI in the WNIT five thirty Monday night for the pregame, six o'clock for the tip here on ESPN Des Moines. And I mean, I know it's March. I know it's the eighteenth, but Baseball's around the corner. Kira, I know you're very excited about this. You're a huge, you're a Cardinals fan. I am. Are you okay with us carrying Cubs games? Are you fine with that? I mean, you're going to be called <laughs> upon for lots of I-Cubs and Chicago Cubs duties around here. Look, the way I see it, like, <laughs> I, can, I can root for the I-Cubs because I live here. Right. So that's cool. But I, I'm rooting for the home team. Right. Like that's the fine. song goes. Sure. Root, root, root for the for the home team. If the I Cubs don't win, it's a shame. However, I get it. When it comes to big Cubs, no thanks. I sorry. As a Brewers fan, I understand what you're saying. I get it. <laughs> so we have a new sales guy. If you're watching the video, there's a window, and if you watch, look out the window on the. This is on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. And this looks into the sales pit. And so over the wall that you're looking through is our new sales guy. All right, Justin. Nice dude, young guy, fresh out of college. And I see there's a Colts helmet on his desk, a plastic Indianapolis Colts helmet. And earlier this morning, he walked by where my desk is. He was going to talk to one of the other program directors or promotions. I don't, I don't know. And he walks by me and he says, Wicked, sorry about the trade. <laughs> and I just was like, you son of a... Let's talk about this for a minute. As a Packers fan, I'm not... I am not sorry about the trade. Because I think what people don't understand... Like, you listen to Barton Hahn overreact right before I came on the air. Or you look at everybody on social media... Well, now who's Rodgers going to throw to? Calm down. It's March 18th. The NFL season doesn't kick off till after Labor Day. All right? We haven't even got to Memorial Day yet. We haven't got to April yet. All right? We haven't got to Opening Day, Memorial Day. We, don't, we got a long time to go before we figure a ton of stuff out. Um, one of the big criticisms of Aaron Rodgers, I mean, there are a lot, but on the field, one of the big criticisms of Aaron Rodgers is... He focuses on Devontae Adams too much. I've always been a force the ball to Devontae if you have to guy because you're the best quarterback in the league. He's the best wide receiver in the league. It's the best pass-catch combination in the NFL. But the big criticism has always been that he is laser-focused on Devontae Adams. If you go back to the last play, the double-covered ball he threw to Devontae, Alan Lazard was open, a running back was open, Equinemia St. Brown was open. Now, none of these guys are in the caliber of, of Devontae Adams, and I'm not going to try to tell you, you know, I'm not going to pee on your leg and tell you it's raining. That's not going to happen. But this, everything all of a sudden has now changed for the Packers' offense passing game, all right? Do they have anyone right now on the roster as good as Devontae? No, absolutely not. But do not think that this all of a sudden happened and Green Bay has no plan or is all of, is just going to go to battle with the rest of the NFC with Brady coming back and Deshaun Watson's going to wind up in Atlanta or New Orleans and you got Dak over in Dallas and you got the defending champs in LA don't think that Green Bay is like we're good we're good with Lazard that's fine Lazard and Jawan Winfrey or Jamon Winfrey we drafted Amari Rogers last year what he sucks so what we're good no not only do they get back picks 22 and 53 in the NFL draft, the Packers also get $20 million in cap space this year. And there are, a, there are a boatload of wide receivers out there that you know that Aaron Rodgers can throw the football to and this offense can be plenty productive. And maybe they add two. And you can do this in a variety of ways. Let's start first with trades. Everybody's talking about Tyler Lockett getting out of Seattle. 
Guess what Seattle really needs now that they've traded away Russell Wilson? They need a quarterback of the future. Well, it just so happens that Green Bay has a quarterback of the future sitting on their roster they're obviously not going to use. Jordan Love becomes expendable because Aaron Rodgers signed his three-year extension. And I've always been a Jordan Love deserves a chance kind of guy. I bought in early and got a Jordan Love jersey. Probably not the best investment, but still, I have it. And I will proudly wear it. It was a gift from my wife for Christmas. She got me the wrong color, but it doesn't matter. If you kick the tires on one of the two receivers in Seattle, because they don't, look, Drew Locke sucks. All right, we all know that. Geno Smith sucks. Drew Locke sucks. That's not your quarterback of the future. I don't know if Jordan Love sucks. I don't know if Jordan Love's good. But if you kick the tires on Tyler Lockett for Love or DK Metcalf for Love, boom, you have just solved your number one wide receiver problem. If you can bring in DK Metcalf, and I don't know how available he is, they now have a number one pick they can move around. They have another number two pick they can move around. They have four in the top 100. They have three in the top 53. They got love. They got all these other compensatory picks from guys signing with different organizations. If you call Seattle and say, what will Jordan Love get us? I would take either of those two guys. I would take Tyler Lockett or I would take DK Metcalf easily. And DK Metcalf will have a 14-touchdown season with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the football. There's the free agents that are out there. You've heard the, big, the biggest name is Julio Jones. Now, Julio's 33, all right? One reason I'm okay with uh, Devontae getting traded is a 30-year-old wide receiver. That's kind of usually it. Julio might be an exception. His season last year with Tennessee was absolute garbage. But if Julio can get back and be healthy, that seems like a cheap, low-risk, high-reward kind of guy. If Julio is a guy that can be 80% of what he used to be, and you put him opposite, say, Jarvis Landry. Maybe a guy like Cole Beasley. Beasley and Rogers see eye to eye on the vaccine stuff. That'd be a perfect fit, all right? But you have a big-time pass catcher. You have a guy who can catch 100 balls in a year or 80 balls in a year. They still have Cobb. They're hoping Amari Rogers becomes something. Odell Beckham Jr.'s name is out there, but he got hurt like a week ago in the Super Bowl, so I don't think that's really an option unless you are... are are confident that you can stay, you know, ahead in the race by Thanksgiving, maybe OBJ comes back. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster is out there as I'm on the air right now, and I don't know if Juju's been signed by anybody. But there's a guy that can catch you 65 balls in a year. There are options, and these are affordable options now that Green Bay is in a position that they were not in a week ago. Hell, they weren't in this position 24 hours ago. You got $20 million. You don't have to pay $20 million for one. You can pay $20 million for two or three. And that, to me, along with having Alan Lazard, and, and maybe this kid, Amari Rodgers, in his second year, takes a step up and become a, a, a capable wide receiver. You know, MVS, I just read before I came back on the air that the Packers might be interested in bringing Marquez Valdez-Scantling back. But I saw a number like 7 to $10 million. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want... I don't want nothing to do with that. The only reason you do is for familiarity and if Aaron Rodgers signs off. And I hope Aaron is out there doing some recruiting. And speaking of which, Peter Bukowski, who I've had on the show from Locked On Packers, does a great Packers podcast. He was on ESPN earlier and said kind of what I'm saying. And it's the fact that, all right, so Devontae's gone. Rodgers has made the claim that guys come to Green Bay to play with him. Well, you know what? It's time for Rodgers to pick up the phone. You have to think Aaron Rodgers has some takes on that. You have to think that he's offered some input on that. And, and, you know, if we're being honest, you have to think he at least texted Julio Jones, right? Like, you have to think that he at least texted some of his buddies in the league to say, you know, what, is it, what, what would it take? What would it take to potentially get you to, to demand a trade to come play with me and let's go try and win this ring? I mean, that's what, that's what Aaron Rodgers asked for. He said, let me be your recruiter. This was last July. He showed up to training camp, and in front of God and everyone said, I would like to try and recruit guys because Green Bay is not a vacation destination. Great. It's time to recruit. It is. He's exactly right. Pick up the phone. You know, these free agents that are out there. You know, OBJ wanted to play in Green Bay. They didn't want to give him the amount of money that he got from, from L.A., allegedly. 
Does he have Juju Smith-Schuster's phone number? Does he have DK Metcalf's phone number? Does he have Tyler Lockett's phone number? Does he? I know he's got Julio's number. He tried to recruit him to Green Bay several times. These are guys that are available and that are, that are out there to replenish the wide receiving core. The hole left by Devontae can be filled by two guys because Lazard, the Cyclone, is a solid wide receiver, one of the best run-blocking wide receivers in the NFL. They love him. I love him. And then there's the third option, which for years Aaron Rodgers has criticized management, was under the previous general manager and Ted Thompson and the current general manager, Brian Gutekinds, criticized Rodgers. I'm sorry, Rodgers has criticized the management for not addressing the wide receiver needs of the Green Bay Packers in the first round of the NFL draft. To that, I would say, well, Devontae was a second-round pick. That worked out. Jordy Nelson was a second-round pick. That worked out. Greg Jennings was a second-round pick. That worked out. And that was a, he was a, a, a draft pick when Favre was there. But the point is, you don't – listen, wide receivers – this is what goes back to my I don't want to pay Devontae Adams $30 million a year. There are a lot of good wide receivers. This year's draft has like 15 wideouts who all ran sub-440s or 4440s. There's so much speed, so much talent. The college game is so wide open and spread out with so many different wide receivers. Hell, the high school game isn't what it was when I was growing up. They're thrown all over the yard. Wide receivers are better now in high school than they were when you were growing up. College receivers are better now. There are more great ones and more NFL caliber ones in the NCAA right now than there were when you were growing up. You can find talent. Now, can you find Jamar Chase talent in, second, in the second round or in the third round? No, probably not. And if the Packers have an opportunity to grab a stud in the first round at 22, this may be perfect. You have to assume that Aaron Rodgers is having conversations with Brian Gudikin saying, listen, I'm okay with this. I'm not going to scream bloody murder about Devontae leaving. I love Devontae. We had this. We had that. Can you do me a favor? Because the Packers pick, I think, at 28. Can you confirm that for me, please, Mike? Uh, I think they pick at 28. But they have that pick at 22. If Chris Olave is there, I hate Ohio State. It is my least favorite team in all of sports. I hate the Buckeyes. But Chris Olave is great. Thank you. They had to pick at 28. The Packers pick at 22 and 28. You would think one of those guys needs to be a wide receiver, maybe a defensive lineman. Who, I, who knows? Maybe they package and move up. They use 28 and a later pick to move up inside the top 20. The Jamison Williams kid from Alabama would be fantastic. I know he blew out his ACL in the, the, the championship game. That would be a pick for a guy who's part of the future. John, uh, the Menchie kid, his teammate, would be great. John Menchie, I think he would be great in the second round. So there are a lot of wide receiver options in three different ways to acquire wide receivers. So everybody who's telling you that the Packers' passing offense is garbage right now, everybody who's telling you, well, Rodgers has to be unhappy because he doesn't have anybody to catch the football, chill out. It's March. It's March 18th. We have not gotten anywhere near the NFL draft. We have not gotten through free agency. There are a lot of guys that are out there that Green Bay can throw money at. $10 million for a year? Would Julio Jones take $10 million for a year? Again, what Julio are you getting? That is the big question. Can you woo Seattle to trade somebody in the conference to your team? Is that a possibility? You've got Jordan Love. You've got picks. What, what do they want? What's it going to take to get Tyler Lockett? I give up a third-round pick for Tyler Lockett. Done. Boom. Maybe a second. You want DK Metcalf? Might cost you love. Fine. Done. Do it. You get Rodgers for three more years. He's 38. He's going to be 39. At some point, Father Time will catch up. Go all in. Get two weapons, however it has to be done. Draft, free agency, trade. Whatever the case is, the Packers will replenish. They're not done. We'll wrap it up next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines.
102.1 FM and 13.50 ESPN Des Moines. What's up? It's Wicket's Mike Wicket here on Wicket's World. <sighs> Feel like we've gotten through a lot here today, Kara. Feel like we have worked our way through a lot uh, because the Devontae Adams move it was a ripple through the National Football League in the sports world. And I was just trying to enjoy basketball last night. I'm telling you, man, just trying to enjoy some basketball. And then all of a sudden, had to get on the social media, had to talk about this, had to calm people down. Um, it's, it's unreal. You know, it's amazing how much just one move can set things off, like Rodgers staying with the Packers or the Deshaun Watson move. I have not se- I've been on the air for 50 minutes, so I have not seen if Deshaun Watson has made his decision. It, the, the interesting piece out of that, well, there's a lot, actually, out of the Deshaun Watson story. One, um, how many games are you actually going to get out of Deshaun Watson this year? You know, he didn't play last year because of the sexual misconduct allegations. There's no criminal charges. Those were dropped. But the civil case will still probably uh, bear a, uh, a hammer drop from the National Football League. So if you are New Orleans and you're going to make a sizable trade and you're talking about multiple picks, and New Orleans is a team right now that is ready to win in the NFL. I mean, they are built to win. They have a Super Bowl-caliber defense. They have a top-ten wide receiver in Michael Thomas, who was setting receptions records up until last year, the last two years when he got hurt. Uh, You've got Alvin Kamara, who is top three in your fantasy draft every single year because he's a dynamic pass-catching running back. All you need is that quarterback. Taysom Hill not getting it done. Jameis Winston not getting it done. They're going to go ahead and bring in Deshaun Watson, it looks like. Maybe. It's down in New Orleans and Atlanta. I don't know if that's changed. I have no idea. But if you are the Falcons or you are the Saints and you are making that decision, what if you only get him for eight games? You're not going to have Matt Ryan on the Falcons roster and Deshaun Watson. You have to move Matt Ryan. I didn't know you could do this. He was due a roster bonus yesterday. Matt Ryan was due a roster bonus yesterday. The Falcons just decided to push that back. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could just say, we're going to push the date back for your roster bonus by four days because it's $7 million extra dollars that the Falcons are looking to figure out somebody to take that ridiculous contract off their hands. I mean, they're still going to be wind up paying a lot of that when they move Matt Ryan, probably to the Colts, maybe to the Browns, who, uh, who knows. But you're not going to have both of those guys on the roster. I don't even know. Is, who's the backup at Atlanta? I don't even know who the backup quarterback is for the Falcons. It doesn't matter. Is that guy's going to have to try to figure out a way to win a couple of games in the first eight if Deshaun Watson gets suspended for half a year. Now, we don't know what the NFL is going to do with Deshaun Watson. Now, the, the, the Falcons are a different story than the Saints because we've seen Taysom Hill win some football games. You can win three out of, three out of eight if you're the Saints with Taysom Hill at quarterback. Won't be pretty wins. They might all be, you know, 16 to, to 10. I wouldn't want any fantasy players on my roster from the Saints. Not until the second half of the year. And you're not going to bank on Michael Thomas ever coming back and being healthy. Do we have the Falcons' backup quarterback? Do we, who's that? Who is it? I don't think they even they know. Don't, yeah, they may not even know. Right. <laughs> oh, this is the two deep here. Felipe Franks is their backup? Who's their third, their third quarterback? They don't even have a third quarterback listed. The Falcons' website has fully... All right, well, that explains to you how desperate they are to move Matt Ryan as quick as they can. But if you're Deshaun Watson, because how this has gone down, all these teams came up with their pitches. The Browns, the Panthers, the Saints, the Falcons, all came up with pitches. Here's the the trade compensation. X amount of first-round picks, X amount of second-round picks, X amount of players coming back. And the Texans have basically listened to everybody's offer, which they were not doing last year. But they're listening to all these offers, and they say, all right, Browns, you're out. Colts, you're out. It's down to these two teams. So whatever those two teams are going to offer, you know, Deshaun Watson then has to say, that's the team I want to go to. If you go to Atlanta, what do you have around you? You have Kyle Pitts, the great young tight end, and that's it. Remember, Calvin Ridley suspended a year for gambling on the NFL during his time away from the game last year. Uh, What else do you have? I think their number two receiver last year, uh, Russell Gage, just signed with Tampa Bay. 
I mean, are, are you getting excited to go throw to Oladipo Zacharias? Oladime I don't even know how to say his first name. I don't think Atlanta would be even in the running. The difference is you get to live in Atlanta. Everybody wants to live in Atlanta. It's a good place, especially if you're a young athlete with lots of money. Beautiful aquarium. I'm sure that's factoring right into Deshaun Watson's decision. <laughs> the aquariums across <laughs> the country, sure. The, the Coke factory. Hey, hey. <laughs> I mean, New Orleans, not, a, sh not a, a shabby town either. I've never been to New Orleans, but not a bad place to live, I'm sure. They love their saints there. Plenty of trouble to get into if you're a young, rich athlete. Plenty of it. But you have better weapons and a better defense. Like, New Orleans seems like the difference. If you're, what's crazy is you're picking between two teams that are going to be in the same division as Tom Brady. Do you really want to battle Tom Brady twice a year? The Saints have beaten Brady twice a year for the last couple of seasons. It's the only team that he seems to struggle with because they beat the hell out of him in the interior of his line. So if you're Deshaun Watson, I, I don't even know why you're entertaining Atlanta other than living in Atlanta, where you can live six months out of the year, and it's not a very long flight for a rich person if they choose New Orleans. So that to me, that makes no sense. But when that move comes down, that's a shifting of power. It doesn't shift all the power from the AFC to the NFC, but it shifts some of the power from the AFC to the NFC. Remember, you still got Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert. Now you add in Russell Wilson and some of these other young quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, who I forgot to mention. You know, Carr is still really a good quarterback. Tannehill is a, an above-average quarterback. And who's the next young guy who's going to pop after Burrow? Is it Trevor Lawrence? They're adding weapon upon weapon upon weapon in Jacksonville. Is this when finally... Trevor Lawrence pops, maybe his second season, who knows. But when Deshaun Watson gets to the NFC, power rank your Packers, your Rams, your Buccaneers, and whatever team Deshaun plays for, and then the Cowboys. And then the Cowboys. And just one move, man, it can change the way the NFL is viewed all the time. It happened with Rodgers, because if he winds up in Denver, but Russell Wilson wound up in Denver. Now, all of a sudden, the Seahawks are in full-on blowout rebuild mode. That's why Green Bay needs to call about DK Metcalf, and that's why Green Bay needs to call about Tyler Lockett. What can you get back from either of those two? That is going to do it. Kira, you're awesome. Thanks for being a part of this today. Enjoy the rest of your, I was going to say holiday weekend. St. Patrick's Day holiday weekend? Not really? Yeah, sure. What the hell? Why not? Uh, we'll do it again next week. My name is Mike Wickett. Thanks for checking out Wickett's World here on ESPN Des Moines. Have yourself a great weekend.